I am partnering with one of my favorite skincare brands, Elemis, to bring you this episode of Rain. Rain is all about encouraging you to feel like your best self and taking those moments every day for self-care, and so is Elemis. Elemis's luxury skincare products provide you with proven results-driven skincare, and who doesn't love to see results? Elemis's iconic Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm has three unique textures that creates the ultimate cleansing experience. It nourishes your skin like a balm, easily removes makeup as a cleansing oil, and hydrates as a cleansing milk. And it smells like heaven, which could be down to the unique blend of nine essential oils, including lavender, caramel, and eucalyptus. No wonder it's a number one bestseller. Your skin will be left feeling deeply cleansed, soothed, and supremely soft. Now, doesn't that sound like the ultimate moment of self-care every day? And I've got a little treat for you. Head to elemis.com and get 25% off by using the code JoshSmith. 25 at the checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. On today's episode, we're joined by one of my favorite actresses, Zoe Deutsch. You might remember Zoe's breakout role in the Disney Channel show, The Sweet Life on Deck, opposite Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Since then, Zoe has served us range, honey, from comedies to edgy dramas. She's even starred in Ed Sheeran's perfect music video, which has been watched a casual 3.2 billion times. Now Zoe is starring in the movie Not Okay, which follows Danny Saunders, who is obsessed with being famous, so much so that she fakes being involved in a terrorist attack. If you haven't watched it yet, it's totally worth it, and it will make you question your relationship with social media. So go watch it right now. Today, Zoe shares some wise words on loneliness, and we have an amazing chat on how fertility is one of the last great barriers to gender equality. Say it as it is, babes. Zoe is really full of wisdom, so I hope, like me, this episode speaks to you. Now, crowns at the ready, let's reign. Well, hello, babe. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm even better because, oh my God, babes, we need to talk about Not Okay because it was so good. I loved it. And I loved how it was like this kind of like horror movie for an influencer generation. And it made me very anxious (laughs) at multiple different points. But it also tackled so much subject matter from privilege to performative activism and everything in between. And Mm. Danny is one seriously complex and dare we say messed up person. Were you nervous about taking this on? I knew immediately what it was trying to say and its intention. And I, mm. I saw it exactly for what it was. And it, and, and it, didn't, it, it didn't lose its meaning to me. Um, and I also knew that if I was going to join this, um, I had to go 100% and, and, and not be afraid as much as I could be of 
of the response or how people were going to interpret it. I just knew how I interpreted it and I had to hold that uh, close to my heart and and go for it. You know, it's not one mm. you can sort of tiptoe around or or um, yeah, I just I just had to go for it. What was it like for you to play a person who has kind of zero character redemption? Because I feel like there's always this mm. pressure in our lives to be super likable all the time. So in a way, was it kind of cathartic to play someone who was so unlikable in a weird way? Totally. I I guess for me, yes, it was cathartic and it was also very uncomfortable. I think my, my least favorite emotion or feeling to act is embarrassed. I'm really bad mm. at it because <laughs> I don't want to access that. Uh, it's horrible. Who does? Um, and Danny, I think, is in a constant state of embarrassed, in constant state of uncomfortable. So that was a very that part about it wasn't as cathartic. It was it was very awkward and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I didn't go into it playing her or thinking of her as unlikable. I thought of her as the least self-aware person I've ever come across. I thought of her as privileged. I thought of her as misguided. I thought of her as a product of her environment, in no way defending her actions or or her, her character defects, um, but in understanding that, I guess there's just no use in in judging your, the, the, the person you are you are being there is use in understanding where those actions are coming from. She's super lonely. She's, uh, you see those, those glimmers of, of how sad she really is in <clears throat> when Rowan played by the amazing Mia Isaac is like asking her, Oh, do you have friends? And she's like, yeah, I'm here with you. And you see it when her mm. mom says, I love you and I'm proud of you. And it almost completely, she, she's just so taken aback by, I love you and I'm proud of you. I mean, maybe that was the first time ever her mom had said those words to her. So, uh, you know, those were, those, those glimmers, those moments of where it's all coming from were, were what I was focused on. But of course I understand why people would perceive her to be, of course, unlikable. <laughs> mm. No, but I just think that that's what's so special about it because it is so nuanced in that, in that way that you approached it. And there are those glimmers of where you're like, oh, this is where she's coming from and this is why she acts in this way. And it does really make so many points about how toxic our relationship as a society has become with social, some aspects of social media and influencer culture. And I think we've all had moments yeah. where our relationship with social media spirals into weird ways and the doom scrolling and the comparison traps and everything in between. How do you ensure that you have a good relationship with social media? The weirdest thing is, just to back up, you know, Danny, my character, she takes the common perception versus reality of influencer culture too far and she creates mm. this image of perfection and she fully fabricates content that snowballs out of her control. And yes, that's all true. But the movie to me... and. And again, and Quinn didn't set out to create like a movie that says social media is evil. She encouraged audiences to question whose yeah, story gets 100%. told, why and how. <clears throat> so that being said, though social media and influencer culture are characters in this story, she does this actually to get to impress a guy. She does this for mm. conne human connection and attention. So, so really at its crux, the story, these are characters, but it's a, it's a, it's a, 
timeless story with very current factors. That's that's just sort of what I, at least how I frame and see the movie. Um, and and yes, she was inspired to write the script when she felt overwhelmed by like the endless scroll through news headlines, influencer scandals, cancel culture, sponsored ads for skincare and hair gummies, and that like made us all forget that the world, of, that what's happening in the world. Um, and you know, you're asking me a really good question. What have I? What have? Where? What? Have, how has my relationship to social media changed? Unfortunately, I think as a result of this movie, and the irony is not lost on me. I've spent more time on the internet because of it. I was, mm. you know, I produced this movie with Quinn, so I was obsessed with um, getting the nuances of internet culture or the you know niche parts of the internet culture correct and 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 micro trends and and staying on top of like who and what is being canceled and why and how people are reacting and what people are saying and um so i've i've been on more and so i think i'm definitely due for a cleanse and for a re uh, adjustment mm. and i think that aspect of the cancel culture part of the movie is so interesting as well because we live in this world where we're so willing to cancel people but actually we need to get to a point where we have accountability culture not necessarily cancel culture right i love that absolutely i think accountability culture is a really um smart and awesome way of of phrasing it i think cancel culture it's just it's not that it's new right we've always done this as as mm. as as as, uh, as a society as humans it's just the global um, mob mentality element of this of, of the internet that makes it so uh, that that part is really new and really scary um I just don't want to believe that we live in a world where we're not allowed to make mistakes and of course there's more nuance mm. to that statement mm-hmm. like you said accountability culture like people should be held accountable but I believe in redemption. I believe in, I do believe in, in, in redemption, though this character, like it says in the movie, doesn't have a redemption arc. It's so true. And I think that it also, like you were saying, when you boil it down, the real subject matter of this is loneliness. And we do live in a world where we are very scared about talking about our lonely moments when we felt lonely. How interesting was it for you as a person to explore that concept. I don't know. I feel like the times that I was loneliest in my life, I, I, I wasn't aware that that was what the, what mm. was really causing me the most pain and loneliness doesn't have to mean that you're entirely alone. You know, it can mean that you're with people that aren't serving you that aren't maybe meant to be in your life in that way. Um, I feel like probably the loneliest I've ever been is when I was in a relationship that was not healthy for me. Um, so I wasn't alone. I was in a relationship, right? So I think it, it ta- loneliness takes on different meanings for everybody. And and for Danny, it's just she has nobody. And she has nobody because she's not particularly pleasant to be around, unfortunately. Mm. She, you know, she she's that I, I equate her or I, I remember when I read the script and I thought of this person who I know who I actually love very, very dearly, and I think is a really wonderful person, but they are very privileged, and they are always 
comparing themselves to everybody around them. And Mm. there have been so many times when I've heard them say to me or one of my friends uh, that, that, that work quite hard, you know, it's, you know, it's just not fair. Like you have everything, you have this amazing job and you have this amazing, and you have your, your dog, this and that, you have a great boy, like, like, um, feeling very much so like the victim and very upset that they don't have the things that other people have. And yet they aren't working towards anything. They don't have a job. Mm. Um, they just want to, they just want what they want without having to put in the work. And I remember, I remember being like, that's, that's a window into Danny. Danny is like, why don't I have this viral article? And why don't I have a book deal? And why aren't I a writer? Why am I a photo editor? And then you meet her and you realize she's pitching the most, the least self-aware, most insane article to her boss. And you're like, Mm. oh, she's going to complain and feel sorry for herself for not having things, but she's not on the same planet at that moment. So you, Mm. you, she's not malicious in the way that my friend isn't or this person that I know isn't malicious. They just lack self-awareness. They lack, um, yeah. So I don't know if I just went on a whole tangent. I did, totally. But um, that was a window into her without seeing her as this villain, but seeing her as this person Mm. who just thinks they deserve the world (laughs) and they don't want to do anything to to get it. Yeah, I think there is, that is so interesting as well, especially what you said off the back of loneliness as well, because we are always looking to find our community and find our people. And I can remember so many times, like you were saying, when I was in friendship groups, and I still felt quite lonely looking back on it because I hadn't found my right people. And finding your people Mm -hmm. and finding your community is such a special thing to find. And I think that you know, Danny tries to find it online and she doesn't necessarily find it. She, they're just numbers, they're just people. And then she's trying to look for it in real life and she's looking for it on all the wrong places. And I think that finding our people can be the most special thing, right? Like, have you found that? Yes, finding your people. I've been so lucky to have a really amazing community of people who I love and trust and who have been with me for my whole life. I'm a Scorpio. I'm very loyal. (laughs) I have the same friends that I've had my whole life, um, you know, for 20 plus years. So I feel very grateful. I, I, I am, you really are uh, some of some of your parts, right? So you like the people that you, that you surround yourself with, um, are everything. And I'm really grateful to be around a lot of amazing people that as well in turn also gives you better self-worth and it gives you a validation right because you know danny's looking for validation in so many different places and i think we can all be as a society and as people very guilty of trying to find validation from outside of ourselves all of the time Mm. and trying to find these things which validate us as people when do you think you found your validation And how have you worked on your own self-worth? I really seek validation from my sister. I'm really, I'm really uh, bad about that. I I just want to impress my big sister. Like at its core, I really have a thing about that. You know, people have different stuff. When you close your eyes and you're panicking about God only knows what and what people are thinking about you and you close your eyes and go, who am I worried about? You know, I just really want to impress my big sister and make her proud. <laughs> not Maybe not impress, but make her proud. I really want to make yeah. her proud. Um, and because uh, I just think she's 
the coolest person on earth. I mean, she is the coolest person on earth, but she's definitely set a boundary with that. I, I am, I am, I, we have historically been pretty bad about, you know, it used to be that I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't, I, before I would do a job, I would have to beg her to read the script. I would, you know, before a red carpet, she would have to approve it. You know, before I got my nails done, she'd have to approve what color it was. And she was like, okay, this is not a way to live. So she's set the boundary and I'm, I'm doing my best to respect it. But the validation thing, I'm really (laughs) looking for her a validation. I'm just a little sister. And I just wanted to be like, good job. And self-worth, gosh, it's like the stuff everyone always says. You, you, you feel good about yourself when you do something good for somebody else. So if I feel like I've been mm. a good friend or if I feel like I've been a good listener or if I feel like I, you know, that's where you get your self-worth. It's really not from any of this stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, not this stuff meaning this. I mean, like movies and, and red carpets and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's much mm, more. Because I totally get that. I think so many times I try to find validation in other stuff that's outside of what I can be as a person and being a good person exercising that instead of just trying to grab onto all these different things all the time. And I think that's been one mm. of the most empowering lessons I've learned in my life. And this podcast is all about empowerment and finding your power. When do you think you found your power? And when have you felt the most empowered, would you say? I don't know if I have, to be total. if I've found my power. I don't mm. know if I have. I feel like I'm a very... I do think I'm a... I am a or at least my mother says I'm a very powerful person and I have, um, I'm very strong and I can be very intense, but I don't know if I've necessarily found my, my power or felt particularly entirely empowered. I think oftentimes when I, when I am, when I'm being perceived to as empowered and powerful, I'm worried that I'm taking it too far or that I'm, you know, or that I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I have, to be totally honest with you, um, I, which is not a very empowering thing to say. <laughs> I think I'm learning a lot. I, mm. I, I feel like I'm in a very interesting moment in my life of transition, of growth, of learning, of, of um, adjusting, which is uncomfortable. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm a lot of the things that worked for me before just aren't working for me now. Mm. So that's the truth. I'm, 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 I'm in the process of hopefully finding Mm. my power and feeling empowered. (laughs) I'm so excited. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Elemis, whose skincare products I can't stop raving about. Elemis's iconic Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm is just one of the brand's products that stays true to its honest commitment to results-driven skincare. The Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm is great for removing makeup, whilst nourishing like a balm and hydrating like a cleansing milk. It's a heavenly moment of self-care every day. Head to elemis.com now, and don't forget to use the code JoshSmith25 at the checkout to get 25% off. Terms and conditions apply. You've had such an amazing career already. You've been working since you were like 15 years old. And so you have got an amazing bank of knowledge that you can tap into and share with so many people. And on that journey as well, you learn so much about what success 
and failure is as well. And I think so many times people see the outward success like, oh my God, amazing new movie, babes, love it. And they don't see the sacrifices and the failure necessarily that goes on behind the scenes as well. What do you think you've learned about the definition of success and failure? You learn so much more from your failures than your successes. You just do. Mm. And character is not revealed in good times. It's revealed in bad times, right? So <laughs> you, you, um, you show up and you, and you show yourself in those moments. And that is, it's a real moment and a real opportunity for growth and exploration if you're able to see it as that. Or you can sulk and feel sorry for yourself and that, that maybe there's value in that too. <laughs> Who knows? You don't know until mm. there's foresight and you can like step back and look at what's happened. Is there a failure that you felt like was a failure at the time that actually, in retrospect, has been a super empowering one for you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I, did my, I did a movie when I was 18 or something called Vampire Academy that was not a box office success or a critical success and it was really painful and I was really scared and I worked really really hard on it um, and I was really young mm. but with time I've found so much gratitude for the experience and love for the people that I worked with and value in in that In, in it not turning out the way that maybe people had hoped it would. There are little things like I did a lot of stunt training for it. And now I feel like I can audition for superhero movies and, and, and totally know I can rise to the occasion because I've had that. And then there are bigger, more internal things like your world doesn't end when, when mm. the expectation doesn't meet the reality. And the only difference between people who continue to work and those who don't are people who just keep going and people who just keep on keeping on. <laughs> I think there's so much what you just said in there is so powerful. One thing that I think you've done that is really powerful and that I have so much respect for you doing is becoming an investor and advisor for modern fertility. And I think that's so amazing that you're out there and having those kind of conversations around fertility because I have this conversation with my friends every single day. I feel like you get to this age in your late 20s, early 30s, where it becomes such a topic. And it's almost like we should be talking about this so much earlier because it's almost like you just go to school and people are like, if you get, if you have sex, you might get pregnant or you will get pregnant. So be dead, dead careful. But it never tells you how to deal with the other aspects around fertility as well. Why did you want to go out there and have these kind of conversations? It happened very organically, honestly. Mm. Um, and I'm not in a the stage of my life where that is even something that I'm I'm personally trying to. I'm I'm not at at the at the stage where I I'm looking to you know have kids, but so many of my friends mm. are and. I believe that the last frontier of equality, like last real frontier of equality is like, that is never discussed is fertility and 
mm. um, and and access to fertility and and conversations about fertility. They're very taboo and uncomfortable. And I just thought it was crazy when I wanted to just know what was going on with my body. It was I was I just read an article. I think it was the New York Times about being medically. Uh, is your doctor gaslighting you or? It was like medical mm. gas. Like I, like I, I was, I was, I was looked at like I was crazy for wanting to, to check in on on what was going on with my body. I'm too young. It's too expensive. It's not necessary. Just wait a couple of years. And then when I heard that there was this FDA approved, hundred and something dollar kit that could tell you, could give you a scope. Um, a brief scope and understanding of what's happening with you, I thought, how do people not know about this? It's such an amazing tool. Uh, and I was just in awe of them and what they're doing. And there's so much more that they are doing and I'm excited for it to come out. And it's so great that you're using your platform of voice to have that kind of conversation as well. And as if you're not busy enough doing that, I mean, babe, next up, you're working with and I mean, for someone who's of the Alwoods, Bend and Snap generation, this is just like the ultimate goal to be working on a project with Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Something from Tiffany's coming to us very soon, babes. Holiday movie vibes. What was it like to work with Reese? Because I think it's what she's done to pave the way for actresses having voices and having their voices heard in this industry and to also say, you don't have to be reduced to this one box, this one part. You can get out there and you can, can take control of your own narrative. How empowering has that been for you? Man, she is really, she practices what she preaches. She is a woman who loves women and supports women and wants to see women shine. I did a movie called Set It Up and she tweeted about it. And that was kind of actually the beginning of... of of how we started to communicate with each other. She mm. is my idol, my total dream career, dream person, her legacy of being somebody, like you said, who supports women and, and um, in the way that she does is is just so beautiful. And yeah, she, she saw the movie and she was like, why aren't there more rom-coms? And ever since then, we've been trying to find something together. And they, Hello Sunshine, her company sent me something from Tiffany's during the pandemic and we started working on it together. And it was the most, the that was actually a very empowering, rewarding experience. Working with that company, I was in awe. They are the most amazing women. Um, and it comes from, the, it always does, it always comes from the top down. Everybody I worked with there was brilliant, so smart. I've never worked on a movie where every, if there was a tiny thing that went wrong, there was an immediate meeting, let's all discuss, let's find a solution, and then the solution was found. Like they were just mm. on it in a way that I was so impressed by and I was so empowered to to speak my truth and to tell people what I thought about, you know, I just was, I loved them and I think... She's amazing. And I'm so excited for the movie to come out in December. Babes, I am so excited for the movie to come out. And I just love seeing you shine and doing out there and doing your thing and sharing so many amazing words at the same time. And thank you for sharing so many great words with me today. But before you shimmy off, 
we always end on this question and that question always is in the reign of your life what's the one rule you'll always live by you know the, the thing that pops to mind i think there's so many things to live by but the thing that i i really think about a lot lately and it, there are a lot of different things you can slot in the beginning but like negativity jealousy comparison is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die i really you know i i really love the idea that you know of of trying to remind myself of that it's like i don't know like i i i just always try to remind, like be kind be gracious like yeah i also think i think a rule to live by is honestly there are no shortcuts in life that's so true there are no shortcuts in life i just really believe in that in relationships and work in your own self-growth um if you cut corners they come back to haunt you <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I really, that's at least my experience. Even though it can be sometimes fun to take a shortcut. It's never beneficial in the long run. No, never. I 100% agree with you. Even though it's just so, sometimes it's just like, oh, for God's sake, I just want to make this easy for myself. Just can we just make this a little bit quicker? (laughs) But when you get to the end of the road, you're so much more grateful for going through it because, you know, the only way out is through, isn't it? Not like by taking out a detour along the way, hoping for the best. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's that's exactly true. That's a really great way of saying it. Babe, you need to you need to get on to writing a quote book. I feel. I, feel like this I got no, no. The problem is, I got none of them. I, I, Josh, me quote quote book. I can barely put string a sentence together. I literally <laughs> how not a not a quote book. Not a quote book from me. No quote book from me. No book from me ever uh, ever. <laughs> Well, I could disagree with what you just said because you've made a lot of sense today, babes, on so many things you said. And I'm so thankful you've been coming on and sharing your zigzaggy brain with me. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. So thank you so much, babe. Oh, thank you. I think you are the most special and I adore you. And I'm so glad I got to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.